Welcome to Healing the City podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Albert Dennis and we talk about him growing up with unhealthy boundaries in two contexts and how Jesus has ministered to him and also his ability to now see people as they are and not how they look. I hope you enjoyed this episode. After you graduated high school, you went on um, to the to, to the military. What branch were you in again? Uh, I was in the army. In the army. And did that, being in the army, um, I've heard from people that being in the army can, or in the military in general, especially for people who maybe grew up, um, like it can teach you how to be an adult in ways that maybe a parent didn't fit that role. Did the army influence you in that way at all or was it? Or was oh yeah, that for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the army was like my golden ticket out of my life. So I joined and I didn't know what to expect, but I ended up really, really, really liking it. Um, and actually, the main reason I got out was because of Jessica, because I knew that being married in the military was going to, it's just going to be very rough, and I didn't want that. But yeah, I found lots of role models in the military, um, good and bad, um, and it I, I would say it definitely wasn't the perfect situation, because... I did learn a lot of bad things too. Um, I I became like truly and completely arrogant when I was in the military, um, and it's still like carried on to this day. It's still like in the back of my mind, which is kind of hard to deal with sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I learned all kinds of things. Uh, I didn't necessarily learn what was healthy or not either at that point. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really teach that. <laughs> But I learned about um, definitely about discipline um, and leadership. Uh, that's where I got all of my leadership skills was from that. Well, and partly from understanding um, like how my situation was before and if being a leader and understanding like how people might be in various situations, maybe similar or maybe different, but at least it gave me perspective being a leader to be empathetic about people that I'm leading about their situations and not be cold. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it showed me how to become truly strong. Um, And then maybe the bad thing that I learned was about my emotions in the military. So, I already kind of hid my emotions before when I was growing up because I had no one to like really talk to, to like work things out mm-hmm. or to even express my emotions. And the military certainly didn't help with that. Sure. If anything, it made it worse because everything is like instinctual type responses and training and um, there is no time for emotions. And so... And even like when you return from a tour, or is that what they call it, a tour? Yeah. Um, would they spend time helping you? No. You just were sent home. Yeah. So that was a uh, very hard. Uh, I mean, it was very hard on Jessica because when I came back, at least from the war one, um, 
it took me years to reacclimate back to society. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was just kind of all over the place uh, growing up. And then the military got thrown in. And it was just like crazy. Um, um, but And yeah. like for your faith, were you always a Christian? When did... So when, because in your article, you obviously talk a lot about what the gospel offers and truth. Yeah. And you have that perspective now. When did, um, when you know, did that happen? Yeah. How does that connect? So with my curiosity of wanting to know how everything works, naturally I was atheist and I was behind science at the time. Um, and it, I didn't even think about Christianity until I met Jessica. Okay. Um, I always kind of felt deep down inside that there was some kind of creator because uh, the way I understand how the world works, it's like, it's just impossible for this to just come out of nothing. Like, there must be a designer. It's all like perfectly designed. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I always had that in the back of my head. But Jessica was the one that kind of like, she would pray over me, um, and she would invite me to church, and I really liked her. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I would, I would be like, "Well, I really like her. Uh, I'm gonna go try it out and just see what happens." And it took it took like years and years for me to like, um, kind of really start believing and to start having faith. Uh, it just, I'm, I'm, I'm very stubborn and it took, it took a long time for me to be like convinced. <laughs> yeah. But she was the catalyst to me, um, becoming a Christian. Um, mm. so yeah, I remember I picked up a Bible and I read the entire thing. Um, not to say I understood everything, but I wanted to, if she likes it, I'm going to like go all in. Mm-hmm. So I did. Um, and I would say I didn't like really become authentic until we joined a Bible study together. Um, and I was in a certain group with all these other men. And I just got to see how everyone loves on each other. Um, and... Yeah, I just thought like, man, this this must be it. Like this is this is yeah, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um so I got I got baptized sometime later after that, like years later. Um and so yeah, that's kind of how it started. Um But it's it was very strange because I always had like I felt like I always had a voice inside me talking and mm-hmm. I could never explain like why I made the decisions I made because you would think like with all the stuff that happened to me like I would have gone astray mm-hmm. um, but for some reason I just kind of c- kept on some path and uh, it's just very weird um, and uh, like with Jessica I never really like was with any girl until I met her Mm-hmm. And it was just weird. Like I had something in my head that said, "But you're gonna marry her. That's the one." And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, and I would just like blindly follow that, and mm-hmm. it took a lot of years of convincing her. But 
eventually I convinced her <laughs> yeah that she's supposed to marry me um so yeah anyways there was always a little inkling of something in there um but then she like truly brought it out mm-hmm. yeah and you guys have been here at the village for how many years now maybe five five sounds right do you feel like being part of the village has impacted your faith or or have you learned anything new i've certainly learned new things um i feel like i don't know about like the strength of my face i feel like that's been pretty solid the day i convinced myself that he's real and i i want to do like whatever jesus did at least however best i can obviously i can't be him but um so that part's always been like solid no matter what happens um but as far as growing absolutely in other ways um like with my emotions and sharing things um like i never would have done any of like this podcast stuff before Mm-hmm. I was very, I'm very much like a loner in a way. Like I just, I'm content like being by myself. Um, so the village really tested me to build relationships and mm-hmm. to like tell my story um, and to speak into other people's lives and to just kind of get into this whole messy thing. Uh, whereas before I wouldn't have even bothered or spent the time to do it because in my mind I'm like well I got God and I'm happy with myself and that's it Mm -hmm. I'm good you know but then I started learning like well you know the church is like your community Mm -hmm. Um, it's not good enough to just go somewhere and then like listen to something for an hour and leave right Um, so that's like probably the biggest thing I like about the village is that Mm -hmm. it's a it's not like that experience. Like you just come and listen to something makes you feel good and you leave. Like <laughs> it's a very like, it's a much deeper experience with like community. And um, so, yep. Hmm. Uh, it definitely helped me grow as far as like socially. Yeah. 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 And, and you guys are not people who just keep, de- I mean, now you have, you have a good friend who lives in your neighborhood, John. Yeah. And you guys interact with him most days of the week, probably. Well, you guys work together, so. Yeah, we do. You drive, and I just, from my experience of knowing you, it's that you're you're friendly people. Oh. You know, because you have, even if it's not with lots of people, but you're committed to john and some other neighbors and some people at church right and now you've added a child right so you're growing your social yes yes connections um yes and and, hmm. i i've always felt the desire to like uh do something good um for someone else um even when i didn't feel good about myself um, I'm not sure if it was because it made me feel better in some way or not, but yeah, like before we moved here, um, me and Jessica would be like the house everyone went to and I would always make a barbecue. Oh, really? Uh-huh. This is uh, in Texas? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I always, um, hmm, 
there's a lot of topics, but let me focus. So one thing, like how I felt about Jessica, that I knew she was the one, I also have like the, uh, these other feelings and I even had them before I came a believer, but I had these feelings of like, I really need to talk to this person. Um, so even though I was like a loner, I, I didn't, I don't like big groups, but I, I will like seek out like a person mm-hmm. and I will just like want to talk to them. Um, and as I became, um, as I grew more in my face, I realized that I feel like um, God like will like push on me like someone and I'm like, all right, I'm going all in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happened with a few friends of mine. Um, and so it happened with John. Mm-hmm. I just felt like drawn to John. I need to like befriend John and just go all in with John. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah. And, uh, and I hope that it grows into something at some point. Um, and with John, I'm like very grateful that it did. Yeah. So, yeah, and, it's uh, been great to have him at the church. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, I, I, I struggle with that too, because, um, just go be like, well, you don't want to hang out with like the church guys. And I'm like, mm, I'd rather hang out with someone who's not a church. Mm. Um, and so I have to wrestle with the balance, I guess, mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, I feel like I'm just wasting my time at church mm. and I want to go out <laughs> with someone who's not a believer. Sure. Um, because I think a part of it is like how I was and how Jessica like, mm. you know, pulled me in. And I feel like compelled to like pay that back in some way. Sure. So. Well, and I would imagine that, I mean, a couple of things could be happening and we don't have to go on a psychological dive, but for one being part of the, you know, the men at church would also allow them to speak into your life in unique ways. Right. Mm. That is, is, um, and not that like, people outside the church wouldn't speak into your life. I don't mean it like that, but you know, there is something about being in the body that's, that's unique. And, and just wondering if, do you think, do you still fear rejection from people? No. So it's not that. No, 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 definitely not. Uh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I could imagine that it would be like, if you were to, if a person were to fear rejection, then you would be the person who's seeking because then, you know, you kind of have control versus like pe- letting other people in on your life. But oh, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, no. And, and uh, no, and I, I totally agree that um, I should be open to like uh, other um, church people speaking into my life. And I definitely did that um, before baby for a while. And I would go to the Bible study and or the monastic. No what's the other one called pilgrim group uh-huh. um and you know we do hot seat and i'd be like okay no one's speaking up i'm like i'll do it uh and then but i would never really know what to talk about <laughs> yeah but uh yeah no I, I i'm like super open like i don't really care about uh being rejected at all yeah um i feel like at least in this state like anything's game yeah and i'm up for whatever and it doesn't bother me i mean um that's great that's great. Okay, so my last question is, as you think about baby and, and raising him, have you processed through like some of the things about 
what ha- you know your relationship with your mom and you and and then how to be a dad you know yeah i think uh it i mean i've definitely processed all kinds of stuff with that and i i, I mm, hmm. it's certainly one reason i love him like so much like i just want to hold him all the time mm-hmm. because i didn't have that and i want to give that to him um, but at the same time, I feel like my experiences, um, I'm grateful for all of them because they've made me who I am. Mm-hmm. And I also worry that he's going to, you know, grow up in some like privileged life and never have really any traumatic experiences. That also worries me mm-hmm. because I know the value of having those experiences and I want him to also have those, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know how to do that. I don't want to artificially create them. Yeah. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't want him in a bubble. Right. Um, so I'm not like completely wanting to give him everything I didn't have either. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I that's, can, that's going to be interesting. I can assure you that he won't grow up in a bubble that I hope not it's as soon as he starts making little friends you know and they start impacting him and they come home from school sure yeah it's uh yeah that's that's when it's like game on for the parenting and the leading and the experiences you know right right yeah that's really beautiful okay one last thing what would you say just to like close it with like a Just thinking about what Jesus has been telling you throughout your life. Like what if you could go back maybe and tell your younger self like about the love of Jesus or just in general, maybe what? What would I tell my younger self? Yeah. I mean, you sort of referenced it in the article as you kind Mm -hmm. of wove so beautifully your faith through your story. Or maybe for listeners who are young or or of any age who are going through um, loneliness or depression or or self-loathing, like what would, what's the message of Jesus in that? Um, so the reason it was hard for me to say anything because I know my younger self is so stubborn. I wouldn't listen to my future self. Oh, that's (laughs) that's wise. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, anyone that feels like in that way, um, I mean, Jesus loves us all and he designed us all, um, or God designed us all to be who we are and it doesn't matter how we look, um, or how we grow up or, I mean, it's what we do in the world, right? Like, how we build relationship and impact others. I mean, that's what really matters. Uh, So to be in a point of depression means that there is no value to life. And I would say that um, there can certainly be value in like maybe seeking relationship with other people um, because that could bring more into your life. Um, Being alone is certainly like, one of the biggest catalysts to that kind of feelings. And I think um, definitely to seek out not being alone, to Mm -hmm. like talk to other people and bring them in and share. And that will 
I think, bring you out of that situation at some point and help you grow and, you know, become bigger. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think I think that's what um, Jesus had in store for me was, like, you need to, like, endure this and uh, eventually build relationships and you will learn from other people and um, and then you'll realize that there is value to you. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there is a reason why we're all here, you know. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. And I appreciate our conversation. Yeah, sure. So you've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Adrian Crawford. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.